Praise the Lord and welcome to our Bible study here on this beautiful Thursday morning here at Crossway Church in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, so thankful to be with you today. Grab your Bibles, your smartphones, however you access the Word of God. And uh, we'll jump right in here in Hebrews chapter 1 uh, this morning. I believe we'll probably finish uh, this chapter as we go through verses 10 through 14 in just a moment. But just a reminder, this weekend, Pastor Scotty Williams from Crossway Fellowship will be with us here Saturday uh, evening at 6 p.m. for uh, a worship service and Sunday morning at uh, 10 a.m. as always. And also on Saturday, we'll be in the studio recording from 10 a.m. till lunch. So uh, it will be live as all the services always are and all the teaching sessions always are. So tune in Saturday at 10 and you will find myself and Pastor Scotty and a young man uh, Brandon that he's bringing with him and we'll be uh, broadcasting live again that Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and uh, Saturday night Pastor Scotty will be preaching here at Crossway Church at 6 p.m. and then Sunday morning. Looking forward to having Pastor Scotty. He's a great uh, preacher slash teacher of the Word of God and again he pastors there in Dublin, Georgia. Crossway Fellowship, got a great church, a great, great group of people who are, are, are people who have like precious faith, the same faith that Peter had and Peter wrote about, that Paul wrote about, this faith in the cross of Jesus Christ and that alone. And they're growing and, and being used of God mightily. So tune in this weekend. We're going to have a great time in the Lord, no doubt about it. And also in the morning at 9 a.m. we'll be back in the book of 2 Timothy uh, learning and, and, and hearing from the Lord. So join us again. That's every Friday morning, cross time with Pastor Curtis. And uh, we are there in the book of 2 Timothy now. So you can watch all these live uh, on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or you can watch them after they've been uh, recorded at the website thecrosswaychurch.com or the YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316. And we're just praising God to be here today. I believe the Lord is going to impart to those who have ears to hear today that which is needed in their hearts. I, I just believe the Lord is going to begin to pour out uh, truth like we've never ever understood it, seen it before. I believe in these last few moments of this period of time called the times of the Gentiles before this door closes, we're going to see not only great truths of our Lord Jesus Christ coming right off the pages into our hearts like never before, but we're also going to begin to experience the power of God. The power of God as the early church experienced the power of God. So whatever it is you're believing God for, whether it's a healing in your body, a relationship to be restored, a job, a better job, your marriage to be on course as it should, whatever it might be, why don't you just ask the Lord right now to touch that thing and believe to see that he is the God who intervenes, the God who is concerned about his people and who does reach into the very issues in our lives and change, changes everything for his glory. So he is able and I believe he's willing to change anything we put before him 
in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 10 and again the overall statement for all of the book of Hebrews is the supremacy of Christ above all things. The supremacy of Christ above angels, above Moses, above Abraham, above all the psalmist, all the, the, the things written of the law, the angels that interceded and, and were a part of the giving of the law to, to Moses the Bible says and, and, and see the we need to understand that. That's what the book of Hebrews is. Ultimately, the overall statement for the book of Hebrews is the supremacy of Christ above all things that God had ever done previously to His Son coming to be our Redeemer. And, and it's powerful. We'll even see it at the closeout of this chapter, the comparison of Christ versus the angels. He's trying to get a hold of these, these uh, uh, early church Jewish Christians as well as Gentile Christians, but especially these Jewish Christians who, who had watched and heard about all through the years and they've read about in the Word of God all that angels had done intervening and, and as I said earlier, even the, uh, helping, uh, even, even being a part of the law being given to Moses on the mountain, the Bible tells us. So, and, and they're having to learn that Christ is supreme over all things. We know from the word of God given to us today that Christ is creator. God by him created all things. God by him has redeemed those things that will be redeemed. God by Christ will judge all all peoples, every knee shall bow before Christ. Every tongue shall confess Christ as Lord. And we need to understand that and we need to be thankful that we know that. And uh, so here in these last few verses, beginning in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 1, I want you to notice every time the, the Holy Spirit refers to Christ, He says, you but he, then, he, then he, he's relating Christ and, and his role as Savior, Redeemer, Great High Priest being eternal versus the creation now that, my friends, is almost to the point of being rolled up and changed. Watch the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, And you, Lord, notice, watch these, catch these as we go through this. You, Lord, in the beginning have laid the foundation of the earth. The Lord did that. And the heavens are the works of your hands. Notice the focus here. They shall perish, but you remain. And they all shall wax old as does a garment. My goodness, we know that. We're waxing old. Everything on this earth and even in the heavens is waxing old. It's waxing old. Everything. Watch now. They shall perish, verse 11, but you remain. And they all shall wax old as does a garment. And as a vesture shall you fold them up and they shall be changed. But you are the same, and your years shall not fail. <laughs> the earth, the heavens, everything on it is changing 
and decaying. I don't care what you go buy brand new today. I don't care what you spend your money on and it is sparkling fresh and clean and brand new. Give it just a little bit, not long, just a little bit and you will see the decaying process. Everything is waxing old, growing old except the Lord Jesus Christ and the new creation that we are in Him. We need to understand that. Everything else is growing old and it's not only growing old, it's moving toward a place where it's going to be folded up and changed forever. And Isaiah prophesies in chapter 65 of Isaiah verse 17 and says that the former earth and heavens will not be remembered. It will not even come into mind. We, it, we, we will totally forget this earth and the heavens as it was known before. And I can't wait to see the new. I can't wait to see the new heavens and the new earth and, and to have the fullness of who we are as uh, the new creations that we are in Christ. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. And let me add this right now. What we're reading right now is only moments away from happening. I know that we've been told and we've even said it, well, one day it's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. It, listen, don't be like Israel. One day that God's going to send us a Savior. One day there's a Savior coming and when He showed up, they missed it. I'm telling you, at any moment right now, at, it could be the next five seconds, we're going to be taken home. It's called the rapture. It's called the resurrection. We're going to be taken home. He's coming for His bride our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming for His bride. And this era of time, this little era of time called the times of the Gentiles, Jesus called it that, He taught it, is coming to a close and God's attention will once again be focused upon the natural lineage of Abraham, Jacob, the, 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 the tribulation as we know it in the Scriptures, the, the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation that Jesus taught would never has never been a time as horrible as this time is going to be or will ever be again. But you and I as the children of God will not be here. We will be gone. We will be at the close of this age called the fullness of the times of the Gentiles. Christ will come for his church that he saved during this period of time from his resurrection and ascension to the close out of this age. He is coming for us and this period of time is just about to close. Then there will be the tribulation and then Christ will come and return and save Israel in, in, in a moment's time, in just the precise time, just as he did when they were trapped by Pharaoh's army rushing in on them and, and the Red Sea on the other side. The same scenario is going to be happening again when Jesus shows up to save them in what we call the nick of time. Just in time he's going to save them and he's going to save them by their confessing to him 
He is the Lord. When they ask him, what are those holes in your hands and your side? And he tells them, I was wounded in the house of my friends, my brothers. They're going to accept him as Christ the same way anybody has ever been able to accept God's salvation plan through the Redeemer, the slain, buried, and resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Outside of that, God hasn't got another way for Jews, for Gentiles, for anybody through one. Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, has God brought together Jew and Gentile in Christ Jesus? And that's coming soon. That is coming soon, very soon. I'm even looking for the taking away of the church, the rapture, the resurrection, that first resurrection to happen this year. I literally, sincerely, seriously am looking for that to happen this year. I'm looking for His coming, His return to take us away this year. I can't say it enough. This year. I'm not going to write a book about it. I'm not going to demand God do it this year. I'm not going to tell you emphatically it's happening, but I promise you I am looking for our departure this year. I'm looking for it this year. I hope you're living your life in a way that every day you're looking for Him, watching and praying and expecting Him to come and take you away. Listen, a wife having a husband she loves being gone away just longs every day and if she doesn't know when He's coming and knows that He could come any day, she's constantly looking out the window. Any little dust in the distance, she that could be him. Any, any, any little thing, any noise, that could be him. That should be our heart's cry, our heart's looking for our husband, our redeemer, our great high priest, the one who's promised to come for us and take us home. Hallelujah. I hope you will move into that attitude of looking. The Bible teaches in the book of Titus, chapter 2, that grace, one of the things God's grace does in the heart of the believer is has us looking and expecting the appearance of our Lord. That's what grace does, expecting His soon return. Grace not only changes us, but it has us looking for and expecting the arrival for us of the one who's promised to come for us. Grace has us looking for His appearing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here we see He's being compared to the Lord Jesus Christ is being compared to the creation. Well, he's not waxing old. He's not waxing old. But the earth and everything, our bodies, this earth, everything is waxing old because of sin. Have you ever thought of this before? When God put Adam in the garden, there was no end of that promise. As long as he ate of all the trees in the garden, which God told him he was free to do, and he would refuse to eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that the Lord told him, commanded him not to eat off of, there was no end. There was no stopping at the end of 7,000 years as there has become now. There is no end. But the moment he disobeyed God and everything become tainted, not just the earth, my friend, but even the heavens, they're all tainted. They're all waxing old because when man sinned, God had to put a stopgap at the end of this period of time. Because this sin came in and distorted and ruined the very 
plan that God had for man. But see, it didn't destroy the plan because God, before the foundation of the world, already had an answer for our mistake, our sinful attitude toward Him, our rebellion against Him, our sin, our evil. God had already promised His Son, the Redeemer, would come and to step into time to redeem us from the curse of the law, which is death, being dead in our sins. Have you ever thought of that? Adam and Eve in the garden, there's no end to that. There's no end. There was no end to that. That's eternal. Forever until sin. And when sin came in, God reached out and said, that will be the end of this period of time and I will create a new heaven and a new earth. Look, let's start in verse 11 again. They shall perish. Talking about the earth and the heavens. That were, by the way, the works of His hands. They shall perish, but you remain. They shall all wax old as does a garment. As a vesture shall you fold them up, and they shall be changed. But you are the same, and your years fail not. Ten thousands of millions of trillions of years from now, if we know them in year form at that point, Jesus Christ, our precious Lord and Savior, Redeemer, Great High Priest, our Great Husband, will never be in an aging process again, and you will not either. You will not either. Nothing in that age will be aging and waxing old. Praise God for that. Watch this. No, his years will not fail. There will be no end. See, this what we have in Christ is eternal. With, without ever an option or the possibility of being lost by us. It is sure and steadfast sure and steadfast. Watch this now, verse 13. But to which, and watch what he does here. He goes back to comparing. He, this is what Hebrews really is all about. The comparison of everything God had done through Moses, Abraham, uh, and, and really the focus is on between Christ and the angels God has used. Watch. But to which of the angels... Did he say at any time, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? It's one of those questions that actually have a statement. Meaning, he never said that to any angels. He never said it any, to any angel, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And this right here, if it was understood, some of the cults that exist that think Jesus is an angel and that Jesus is a brother to Lucifer, and there are millions today who believe that kind of garbage, that kind of deception and heresy. Jesus is not an angel. He created all things. That means angels are a part of His creation that operate under His rule. He's upholding all things by the word of His power. So no angels were told to sit at God's right hand. That means Jesus is not an angel. He's the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Until I make your enemies my footstool. 
or your footstool. What's it? See, how many times we're being referred here to Christ. I hope that you and I will never fall away from a desire growing in our hearts each day to see Christ in the Scriptures, for it is Him that we're called to learn in the Scriptures. It is Him, after a Bible study, that we should love more and trust more and look forward to seeing more than ever before. And it's Him that we should desire to express in our daily lives, at home with our families and on the workplace or in the classroom or in the marketplace. It's Him that we are here to express. Not our pastor, not our church, not, not, not anything but Christ. Watch these. The last verse of chapter 1. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them, to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Heirs of salvation. Heirs of who Christ is and what Christ did at Calvary. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now also, Christ, the last Adam in the Bible, is called a life-giving spirit. The reason he's called a life-giving... An angel can't give life. The reason Jesus is called a life-giving spirit... The first Adam is, is, is uh, classified, he's named, he's called a living soul. The last Adam, our Lord Jesus Christ, is called a life-giving spirit because God is spirit and Christ is God. I hope you get that. He, Jesus Christ is God. He is a life-giving spirit. And... Let me see, let me see if I can turn over here and find this in 1 Corinthians uh, 15 maybe. Uh, yes, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening, that means life-giving spirit. So angels are also, the Bible tells us here in Hebrews chapter 1, the last verse, 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? They are ministering spirits, but they're not life-giving spirits. Jesus is the, the life-giver. The life-giving spirit referred to as that. Let's go back again to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Watch, verse 46. The first man is of the earth, Earthy, the first Adam, the first man Adam. The second man is the Lord. No, let's, verse 46. How be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. Now verse 47. <coughs> the first man is of the earth. Earthy. The second man, 
Christ is the Lord from heaven. <coughs> now that is powerful to know that angels are ministering spirits, but Jesus Christ is the Lord from heaven, the life-giving spirit. Angels, angels are ministers for them <coughs> who shall be heirs of this life that Jesus gives. Salvation. So, as we close this session out today of chapter 1, and uh, it took us 11 sessions to get through this first chapter, let us understand again the overall statement concerning Hebrews is Jesus is supreme over everything and everybody. He is supreme over the angels and all God has done through the angels. He was actually the power behind all their functioning. And he is greater, more supreme, more superior than anyone in the past. But I love what's come out in this first session, this last session of this first chapter, and how the difference between angels and Christ is they are ministering spirits and Christ is the second Adam, the last Adam, the man from heaven who is the life giving spirit. The first Adam was a living soul. The last Adam is the, the Lord Jesus Christ, the life giving spirit. Angels cannot give life. Angels don't even preach the gospel that brings life. We've been given that honor, that privilege, and that great responsibility to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, not to go around preaching and teaching everything under the sun. There's been a lot of confusion over the last several years uh, between those who the Lord has been able to bring back to some degree to faith and grace, faith in the cross alone. And some have, have, have had the mindset that the message of the cross is just one message that we bring in every once in a while and they've not completely subjected themselves to, the cross is the answer for every single thing that God will ever do among men, in men, for men, to men, and through men. The cross of Christ it, it, it is the avenue through which He does all that He does among men, in men, for men, to men, and through men. Faith in the sacrifice of Christ. The, the message of the cross is the gospel. The message of the cross is the gospel and the gospel is the only avenue through which righteousness is revealed. Hold it to those who are going from faith to faith. Now you can say you don't need to know this theology or, or this, these doctrines as we teach it, but it's nothing new that we're teaching. It's always been in the Bible. The only way the church can go from faith to faith is if the righteousness of God is being revealed to them through the gospel. Amen. That's why the message of the cross is not just one message we bring in every once in a while and preach when there's people in the house that we know <clears throat> like the message of the cross and, and they oh the, we'll get a good offering if we, if we talk a little bit more about the cross. No, the message of the cross is tied to every single 
Every single thing written in the Word. We don't have a problem getting up and saying, and the preachers haven't for ages, getting up and saying that there's a scarlet thread that runs through the entirety of the Bible. Well, it's time to preach that scarlet thread that runs through the entirety of the Bible. It's time to preach that scarlet thread, that blood-stained banner, that message of power, the Bible says, in every jot and every tittle. <clears throat> I understand saying this portion of Scripture is about the comparison of, of uh, Christ with angels, but, but, but I don't understand how we cannot bring the power of the cross into the, into the lesson because without the cross, Christ has no power over any angels or anything. The, the cross, the shedding of His blood, the humble act of obedience unto death is what allows Him to have the superiority as the man the Lord Jesus Christ who will reign forever and ever without ever waxing old. Listen, God doesn't age. So when we're being told here that his years shall not fail, he's talking about the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the man, the Lord Jesus Christ. God doesn't age. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, they don't age. He's talking about the Son, Jesus Christ, the Lord himself, as the man who came as as the Lord from heaven and redeemed humanity, he will never age. Glory to God. We need to understand these things. We need to understand these things. You, the message of the cross, the gospel, is the only avenue through which all of God's words can be understood and, and be properly walked in the light of. If all of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel to those who go from faith to faith to faith to faith, then it takes the message of the cross on every line and every precept, every word, is a blood-stained word or it will have no power. And I'm thankful to be a part of this last day's army that God is raising up to carry this blood-stained banner and to proclaim the very life of Christ. Hallelujah. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, yet the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. The, the, all things that Christ upholds now by the word of his power, that's the word that, that he came and received power to lay his life down and to take it up again. That word is the word of his power. The word, the preaching of who he is and what he did at Calvary. Praise God, praise God, praise God. It's been a good first chapter of Hebrews and it's only going to get better as we continue to learn Christ, the supremacy of our Lord Jesus Christ in the scriptures as we move forward from here. Don't forget to join us in the morning at 9 a.m. for our 2 Timothy broadcast. And I know you're praying for us. We're praying for you. And I, and I just hope that you would hear from the Lord and, and, and hear from Him encouraging you to sow into good ground where you're learning the truth of God's Word in its righteous context 
as you tune in to these broadcasts. You can give to Crossway Church at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE on your smartphone to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. And this age is almost over. He's coming. I hope to see him today. God bless you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.